I'm Josh Cooperman, and this is Convo by Design, recorded live in the Living Kitchen Studio. Joan Banky founded her namesake design studio in 1999. Since then, she's been trailblazing a path studded with interior design gems from L.A. to D.C. Joan views interior design as a fine art and an exercise in self-expression. It's both intimate and created for the world to see based on the unique personality of its inhabitants. I met Joan at her studio, and we sat for quite a while. She's in a really good place. The firm has enjoyed international recognition and success, and while that's important, she's built her firm on her own ideas of what makes the work good and worthy. I enjoyed my time with Joan. She's soft-spoken, but her words have tremendous impact, and she is fierce in her ideas about design and the personal nature by which she connects it to her clients. We talked about exquisite craftsmanship and lasting beauty, both of which are key elements to her design philosophy. This is Joan Banky. Convo by Design is presented by Snyder Diamond, a family-owned and operated company serving the Southern California design and architecture community for over 70 years. That's 70 years of fantastic service and amazing products like those from Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove. Another family-owned and operated company serving designers for over 70 years with innovative design and stunning good looks that all work together seamlessly. The Pro 48 refrigeration is an absolute game changer. Sculpted metal design that is a culinary secret weapon. Dual refrigeration that properly separates humid refrigeration and dry for frozen and convenience foods and keeps everything fresher longer. This is an aggressive design statement from handles to hinges with every detail considered and sculpted to absolute perfection, including the glass door option, which is just stunning. Now, pair the Pro 48 with a Wolf vacuum seal drawer, the ultimate food preservation companion. See how this works? The folks at Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove work tirelessly to give designers and architects the products they need to design amazing kitchens. Kitchens that allow homeowners to be the absolute best that they can be in the kitchen of their dreams. The kitchen of their dreams that you designed. And right now, thanks to the Grand Kitchen event, how about three years of extra protection or a $1,000 rebate? These offers are only for a limited time and conditions apply, so take control and get all the details. See the full line of Sub-Zero, Wolf, and Cove products. Go to any of the three Los Angeles area Snyder Diamond locations. You can also see the Living Kitchen in the Pasadena and Santa Monica Snyder Diamond showrooms. We just got back from Art Basel. And how how long have you been going to that show? I've been going to Art Basel for at least I think the last five years. It's been a it's been an um, it's the the experience has started to evolve into just part of my yearly experience of making sure that I leave that time available to go. It's a it's it's part of it's part of my DNA now. Is it right? It's very much so. Yeah. Do you um. Do you go to many other Yes, we, 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 I try and take at least one, if not two, designers to the Salone in Milan, which is fantastic. Yeah. I've, I've been to um, Paris for the... Uh, Maison. Maison Objet. I've gone to England for uh, Frise and, and um, 
but I, there's something about there's a there's there's a personal connection going to art Basel, which is that I have a nephew who's a professor at the University of Miami, so I end up really enjoying that time being with with uh, my nephew and his wife in Miami. That's great. You know what's interesting is Miami's an interesting city. I, I find Miami to be very similar to Los Angeles insofar as it's so easily dismissed by anyone outside of their culture, architecture, art, design. It just, it, it's, so, it's so easily dismissed and I think while I can't put my finger directly on it, I think because there's so much to do there. There's a lot to do. There's, um, during the Art Basel week, it is incredibly international. There, um, what I love about it is, co- uh, is of course, the, the sound of different languages. You, you know, you hear so many different languages. And also, even the people that wait on you in the, in the restaurants, you can ask them, and one's from Argentina, one's from Peru, one's from Bolivia, one's from Colombia. It's just, it's really in, obviously, Cuba. The other thing that's so incredible about about Miami itself is that Cuban influence. And I always make it a point to go and go to this great club in Little Havana called Ball and Chain. It's an extraordinary experience, and, and I have brought designers with me to that. And it's it's a great release because, you know, they, they see... They they see this. Um, they see, first of all, myself. You know, sort of relaxed and and in an, um, uh, you know, in that kind of environment, which we don't, you know, we don't usually fraternize. But, but they also um, they also get to ha- experience what it's like to be immersed in essentially a different culture. And I think that's maybe the similarity between Miami and Los Angeles that you can go to different parts of Los Angeles, and. Koreatown or Chinatown or or East LA and and have a really um, a different experience. Even even North Hollywood, some of the areas near all of the marble yards, I've gone out there with with designers from the office, and the menus are in Spanish. And the same thing is true of Miami. You have that real sense of it being an international city. Climate-wise, it's you know there's it's obviously much more humid and but there's that similarity of 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 the sun and and the water so there's that aspect as well but there and the other thing that's very interesting about Miami that I sometimes um, forget until I'm there is that influence of the art deco the um, I mean it's especially in Miami Beach area it is pervasive I had a grandmother that used to used to go there every every winter, and so sometimes when I'm walking along Collins Avenue, I, I think about her and what her experience was like in that area. Yeah, it's really special. You know what else is really cool too is the the Cuban culture. You have many cultures that are represented, but to me, you know, having spent some time there, the Cuban culture, the Cayocho, and you go down there and you're just it's a throwback it's a complete throwback there's you know there's there's obviously all the all the cuban cigar stores there's the food stores and as i said ball and chain is this extraordinary it's this open air club that has a great big pineapple on the outside for a stage and it's so fun and what's probably the most unique and beautiful thing about it which again los angeles has this element too is the dancers these are there, there are people who 
grew up doing salsa and are extraordinary. And it's like they're weaving um, when they when they dance with a partner. It's like braiding. It's so extraordinary. And and uh, I brought this this particular time. I had um, suggested that one of my dearest friends, who's from Sardinia, come to Art Basel, and she joined us. And she had never. She's she's going on to Cuba, actually, as a continuation. But but I took her and another Italian friend. Actually, I took three Italian friends to Ball and Chain, and they were just they they were in awe. Number one of the dancing and the music, but just the experience of every shape, every size, every age group, just there to enjoy and to be and to be you know to be happy. That is so great, and I think that the, that's also what's special about travel, and specifically with regard to design. You mentioned Salone. Salone de Mobile is obviously one of one of the the premier, you know, events, design events that take place every year. Maison, um, same same with that. Are they different? Are they different to you? Are they are they different experiences? What do you what do you get from each? Which one? What stands out about each to you? So what I love about um, the Salone, number one, I you know I, I smile every time I land in Italy. It's just it's just you know it's a very special place to me because I've worked there and just happen to love it. What's so special to me is that you see emerging um, incredibly creative people. That um, many of the many of the venues in the Brera era uh, area of Milan are showcasing design that isn't really in production yet. And so for me to see um, that that so much creativity in one location, it's like, you know, people tease me because I, I, I'm, I'm never hungry when I'm, when I'm in a place like that. I'm feeding, literally, I'm I, being satisfied by all this design that I'm seeing. And the only frustration is that you come back with all these great pictures of all these things that you want to incorporate. And in fact, a lot of the stuff is not in production or it's just in development. And um, so I love that. The, you know, the, the Salone at the convention center, which is, you know, just you know, you put on comfortable shoes. You wish you had, you know, <laughs> you, wish you, you wish you had uh, rollerblades, basically. But um, it's, um, you know, it's massive. I mean, that's just massive. You see, you see the, you know, the, the bigger venues. And actually, there's this one section at the Salone that a lot of people don't know about. It's at the far end of, of the convention center. And it is um, people who create from all over the world. And it's this small little section, literally, of the Salone where where people display interesting different things and and um, um, so I I always like that but I love I love the, the verve that happens in Milan and in the Barrera area of Milan to you how is how is that feel different from a maison for example so I, I you asked that and I didn't answer it the um, maison uh, I know has grown uh, to encompass some th- some things in Paris, but the last time that I went, I um, I just felt like I was 
in this huge convention center, and it was just, um, uh, you know, it was it was it was stall after stall after stall, and you get saturated. It's really massive. Fast. It's massive, massive, massive. And what was fascinating one year when I went was how many Russians were there. That was a really interesting thing to me. There was um, obviously Chinese and Russians, but but it was like. Um, it was just this explosion of people going to to a buy outside, um, you know, the Soviet Union. It was a, it was a fascinating thing to see, and uh, but it's just massive. That's that's the thing about Maison of Jay. It's massive, and I also think there's um, you have to search for the same level of quality in in the uh, in the conventions. There's. Um, there, it's there, but it's but it may not be next to each other. Whereas in the Milan show, um, I find the quality of things closer together. The, the you know the same level of design. And in Britain, Britain is a the UK is is a huge hub for design. Yes, it's huge. Fumi, we buy a lot of stuff from Fumi Gallery, Carpenters Workshop. Um, Carpenters is now in Paris and New York, but Fumi Gallery is one of the one of our sources that we use a lot. They have incredible things. Um, yeah, England is great. I, you know, you have to be, you have to be worldly now. It's just not enough to, and I, uh, it's not enough to 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 be localized. Number one and number two, it's boring. There's just an incredible amount of things that. You know, you can obviously go down that rabbit hole on the internet, and um, and find things, but there's nothing like seeing stuff in person, and even and you know, at, at Art Basel, there's that Design Miami, which is the decorative arts uh, tent, and it's grown over the last few years and become more recognized, and um, and I and I expect it will expand even further. What's really surprising to me is there aren't more design, art, architecture types of events in the states. You're right, and I'm surprised by that. You're right. It's it is it is selective. There's you know there's the else um, there's the La Cienega legends legends that mm-hmm. happens every year. And there used to be West Week. West Week, when I was a when I was a student, and and shortly thereafter was a huge event. It was it was phenomenal. I mean, the the Pacific Design Center was was packed full. It was not you know it was not. Um, I mean, it was it, every every room was vented, uh, rented, and people spent a lot of money. It was. Um, I, I'm, I'm talking about the um, the uh, vendors spent a lot of money. They, you would go. Spiny Beck used to give away their ball, their their uh, baseballs, and Noel would give away um, all sorts of things. And and it was it was very exciting. There was lines. People had to sign up. Parking was a problem, and there were lines literally for West Week. Obviously, West Week still happens, but it, it doesn't have the same kind of experience that it used to. And you're right, there aren't those kinds of, uh, and I think Art Basel is one of, is one that rivals the Salone, it, not for decorative arts, but for, for the art experience. 
I have a theory. Yep. And I, I think that with the proliferation of the internet and the ability to source and to see, whereas in the past, you know, the, the events you had to go. Yeah. If you want, it was like the auto show. You know, if you, if you if you wanted to see what was new, if you wanted to see what was coming out, it, fashion, same same thing. If you wanted to see what was happening on the runway, you had to go. Now with the proliferation of the internet, you don't have to go to anything. You don't have to go to anything, um, although you sometimes get surprised if you buy stuff. That is true. It's the surprise and delight. And, and disappointment sometimes, too. Perhaps, yeah. <laughs> but, but it's interesting to me because I think that you know, any city with a design center, the design centers, like, like you said, you know, used to be this location where it was the hub the hub it was designers only yeah and yeah. you know if a client wanted to go yeah they had to go with you yeah. you know and and it, it was it was a very different experience now I think design centers not just here but elsewhere everywhere the design centers they're big buildings with a lot of vacancies you know they're looking at at mixed use absolutely opening up to retail non-design absolutely I think it's interesting it, it is interesting you know I mean um, I don't know if they're still in existence, but over at the design center, there were some art galleries. Yeah, and it and it's a great resource for for that. Um, I I I find it perplexing that that the design center in Los Angeles isn't filled up. I don't know what the rents are. I know that they're high, um, but I find it perplexing. And and um, people like Ralph Pucci and you know they left. Yeah, they've they've gone you know east of La Brea. And east of Fountain, or east of Highland, rather. Um, and I would assume that it took some time to, you know, to to get people to go there. But and and Future Perfect, they, you know, they rent a house. They they do some interesting things. It's it's certainly uh, the design center certainly was con it you know was convenient. It was a one stop at one time, but. But you're absolutely right. The you know the internet has exposed. Well, it's interesting too. L.A. You know, back to L.A. for a second. Um, and one of the things I wanted to talk to you about was was art. You know, your your love of and passion for art, and clients recognize that in you. And it's really interesting because L.A. Again, this I'm a native Angelino, so I I love L.A. I do too. I'm not a native, but I love it now. Still an Angelino. Yeah, true. and and I I love I love L.A. I love everything about it. I think it's interesting because people think of you know people from outside of Los Angeles think of L.A. as a city. L.A. is not a city. L.A. is a collection of boroughs. It's a collection of boroughs, and it's not like New York where there's five. We have what thirty-seven plus, um, and and there are more happening all the time. They just keep sprouting up, and and the platform area. Yeah, super fun. Yeah, and it's just regenerative. It, so. I think the Los Angeles area is a is it qualifies as a world class art city. I think it probably has for a long time. Absolutely. But it wasn't recognized as such. Well, Andy Warhol got discovered basically here. The 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 soup cans. Someone took a chance on it. But the thing about Los Angeles that um, I always because I'm a Sam I was. You know, raised in San Francisco, so of course I grew up with a, with that snob factor, and and I reject it very much now. Um, but 
the thing about Los Angeles is there's you know there's always been good, bad, and ugly. There's it's not provincial, and that's the secret about L.A. that I think is makes it so exciting is that it risks people take risks people reinvent themselves here. Um, think of all the California artists that started here, the Diebenkorns, the Sam Francis's, the um, the Ed Ruchets, they're all, they're all L.A. There's, you know, it's, um, so there's, a, there's somehow a willingness to, even George Kondo, I mean, there's, there's just, there's just amazing capacity for expressing yourself in different ways and not being so heavily judged. There's a, you know, there's, that's that provincial thing that, pulls us back in so many ways. In L.A., uh, Frank Gehry. Think about, think about the expression of Frank Gehry or, or Schindler or there certainly were, you know, Frank Lloyd Wright did stuff here. Neutra, Lautner. Neutra, absolutely, Lautner. Um, and contemporary people like uh, I'm working with Russ Shubin and Donaldson and, and you know, um, Landry and, and, um, and Hoggy Bellsberg. You know, these are um, some really amazing people who have expressed themselves in very, very different ways. Landry's completely different than than a Bellsberg, or um, and and yet somehow the field is big enough to absorb it. Yeah, and you know, even a, and not even, but and a a, a Lorcan or, or Hurley who who with with his you know infill ideas. It's like okay, you you've got that project here, you've sure. got this project here, you've got that project there. Wow, there's a little bit of white space in the middle. What can we do with that? Absolutely. What can we do with that? You know, and then you know, Mieler and and her firm looking at a project like the LA River, and saying let's do something amazing with with not only unused properly, but poisoned, right? Dumped on, right? Thrown away. It, you know, but it, it's interesting too because um, I just wrote a piece for Form Magazine is coming back. Uh, which, which magazine? Form. Oh, great. Form Magazine is yeah, coming I back, love that and I just wrote a piece uh, for the January February issue about reinvention. And it's one of those things where LA is, is the place. LA is all about reinvention. Totally. You where people would come here for for generations, for decades, come out here and and try things out, fail spectacularly. Try again, and every people here just always seem to to be accepting. At the same time, that acceptance has always been mistaken for being aloof or you know just generally not not caring about it. I, th- I thought it was interesting. Um, there was an article, uh, a review, an architectural review, when the Broad opened, and it it called the Broad a supersized cheese grater. Oh my God! Did they get it wrong? Uh, right, right. But this is someone who who really should know better. Oh my gosh! And and it, it was like you know what, I I get that it's easy to throw stones, and it was funny too because the review was primarily it was good, but just to launch with it's a supersized cheese grater. It's like you just totally missed the point. It's 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 uh, you know, I'm 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 dumbstruck by that because. There's almost an element of jealousy. I think I think that there there is some of that. But backing away from that right. for a moment, right. and and getting back to art, 
I love your approach. I love that art and design is as important. They're equals to you. Well, I think it's not just art in terms of paintings or sculpture. I, um, they're all intertwined. There was a there was a documentary about um, the yellow silk um, the um, the Silk Road uh, ensemble. It was Yo Yo Ma, and and it was such a, it was such a it's it's a fascinating documentary about music from around the world where he brought all these musicians from from the Silk Road basically, and he put them together and. Um, I insisted that everyone in my office go see the film. I paid for everybody, not, not a big deal, but, but I, I, they took time off of work to go see that. And um, so, so when, I, when I think about art and how it relates to design, it's not just um, art basel and paintings and sculpture and, and video art. It is, it is art in the bigger sense. When I go to a when I go to a a dance concert because I happen to love dance, the I look at space organization. I look at how a um, a, a choreographed piece is laid out, and I think about that personally um, with regard to to organizing a house. I was um, at a lecture one time where Twyla Tharp had a student at USC, she was explaining choreography, and she had the student dump her purse on the ground and then organize the elements that were in her purse. And, and she did it with like three different students. What was fascinating is one person created a circle with all the, all the you know, stuff that was in, the, in a purse. It was like, you know, um, pens and pencils and you know pennies and everything like that. One student organized it in the way of putting together the pens in rows and you know and did it almost in kind of an architectural way. My point being that that you can you can go to art in all these different ways. The the music the um, you know, dance and and painting and sculpture, and integrate it into design, if you're willing, if you're willing to just be open to this. It's it it's all inspiration. I um. What I, I I I love introducing clients to art and pushing them beyond their limits. We've um, we've worked with clients where they had what I call pretty art. They had paintings, good, good, good quality paintings, mind you. Uh, one client had Sicilies, and, and, but they were of flowers. And I started pushing them to contemporary art. And I said, you know, this is very nice to live with, but does it challenge you? Does it, does it, does it provide you with, with some kind of inspiration other than just being pretty? And being background, and and before I knew it, they were buying amazing pieces of major major artists. And this last trip that I took, um, we were with a client, didn't get Chuck Close until I said, "Look at this is one of the great portrait artists of this century. He has this rare disease of uh, 
of not being able to remember a face, and yet he paints portraits. So I said, there's this incredible conundrum, but look at what he does. You know, it's, um, and, and we pushed him. We pushed him to buy some Jim Hodges. We pushed him to buy Chuck Close. We pushed him um, to think about art that challenges him in a way that, that is um, not just background art. So it, it's really important also to allow art sometimes to bring color into, into um, homes. Some clients are very, very comfortable with just neutrals, and they're you know they get they get nervous about color, and I always say that's fine. Just bring bring the color in with the art. Do you ever find it frustrating that, and I'm making a number of assumptions here, but do you ever find it frustrating that first priority in design is always the the furniture and the rugs and the things you sit on and things you use and things you use every day and art is oftentimes unless it's someone who's automatic who's already passionate about art it's kind of just a it's kind of a background thing it's a, it's an afterthought but that's not the way it is with you that's not how you not view at all. it not at all and also even with furniture i mean we you know you look around my office and and there's there's decorative pieces that i think i consider art you know where it starts josh is that um i think of a room as a sculpture so, so to me, when you when you um, when you enter a space, it becomes sculpture, and um, and I think that's a different approach. Furniture needs to provide comfort, um, but our office, op, you know, is a little bit different in that we're 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 not just decorators. We we do backgrounds, we do ceilings, we do floors, we do walls, we do, you know, millwork, all that kind of stuff. That that's all part of what we do. And the the big thing about that is to integrate all of those pieces, and that's the fun thing, honestly, because if you're just buying fabrics and chairs and tables, you're limited. You again, it's about being open to what what is out there and and how one thing can influence there's many many times that that art paint painters paintings have influenced us in terms of how we've designed custom carpets um, we've you know um, uh, it, how we've designed furniture, how we've designed lighting, how we've we've considered that, and nature. Nature's nature's a big influence for me. And um, but but it's but I think about I think about what we do as interior sculptors. That's that's kind of our our starting point. It's interesting to me too, and I love this how you talk about challenging your clients. You're relatively soft spoken. <laughs> And I'm, I'm as as we're we're talking. I'm thinking about this, and you know, art is so personal. Very personal. It's the soul of the house. Right. Absolutely. And and d design in general is a personal thing, but in my experience, which is which is limited, talking to a client about design choices is a is almost an academic thing in many cases. But art is not. 
That's true. You know, I mean, we circle for landing with with clients. That's how I describe it, because um, we can show, we can we can do presentation boards, we can do renderings, we can present things to a client, and um, they say, oh, you know, that's sort of nice in there. They they're reserving their judgment. They're trying to be they're trying to be open, but you know, then they start circling back to the things that they're familiar to, and in you know in conversations I've had um, it, it's there's a bridge that you have to cross and when you just spoke about how I'm sort of soft-spoken I I, I um, I'm not uh, I let the client cross the bridge to me more than my you know I, there's a there's a there's a there's a way to to get someone to trust you and um, you know, as a ki- as you know, when my children were young, I we would play Risk with with um, with friends. And there's a way to conquer the world, which is that you don't you know you don't just automatically you know just become incredibly aggressive and and um, and go for broke. You you hold back a little bit, and you let people develop a trust in you that you're that you're guiding them, that you're not doing it. Also, it's not your home, so you you know you have to understand what the limit is with with a client with regard to um, uh, you know reaching across, reaching across. It's it's you know there's a there's a political there's a political element that you have to play. You have to be psychologically smart when you're dealing with clients and and knowing when to push them and knowing this just literally happened when we were in at art basel with this client the the chuck close was a very expensive piece and he is very able to spend the money but but you know there was a lot of there was a lot of of reservation and i very gradually said very calmly said this is not only a really important artist, this is not only someone who is recognized, he's not on the auction markets, you can't get him this way, um, and he's, you know, he's, a, he's, he's in a wheelchair, he's not, his health is not great, and, and he's one of the greats. And, and I also said, if I had the kind of money that you had, this is something that I would buy. That gentle, we pushed him over the edge, and I don't mean push in a in a negative way. I just mean that we helped him feel confident that what he was doing was the right thing, and he will grow to love this painting. It's phenomenal. It's little squares up close. When you get sixty feet back, the portrait—it's a self-portrait—comes alive, and you see it. It's it's incredible. Three colors, only three colors that he uses. He mixes those three colors in order to create this this um, pastiche of of you know millions of colors. It's it's a phenomenal piece. And you just hit on one of the other aspects that makes you so remarkable. No, no, hear me out, because it's it's not easy to do. You just mentioned, and when you get to sixty feet. This is also something that is a core principle in, in the firm, is the manner in which you handle space and, and the way that, that space is all part of it. You can't talk to someone reasonably 
about a piece like this, if you can't get far enough away that's correct in the space where it's going to be to to see it in its in its full beauty that's right i, I would I would venture to say that that's something that that is that is often overlooked by many, even many in the design space um, you have to know these things and you have to be able to say, "Hey, listen, this is probably going to go here." the money yes you can spend it. it you have it you have it it's at your disposal should you want to you know i know that you're not 100% but knowing those things also goes into the belief and the passion that enables the client to feel comfortable and confident in in making this decision without question and and you know we we come organized with things we 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 have elevations of everything we know exactly not not that specific piece. We didn't know exactly where where we were going to put it until he would he you know agreed to to purchase it. But but there were homes for it in the house that we already knew, and um, and and we've provided proper lighting. Um, we've worked with you know we've worked with great lighting designers and and in order to um, create these spaces these. On these these elements. So what happens is that in the early stages, because most of the projects that we work are really from the ground up, um, not all, but but many are from the ground up, and so we're always thinking about art. We're always thinking about placement of art. We're always thinking about about light and space. And as I mentioned to you previously, the thing about art that you sometimes now need to really take into consideration is where you're going to have the video, where you're going to have um, depth and walls. Um, this particular client was possibly interested in a Doug Wheeler and or a James Terrell. But with James Terrell, you need incredible amount of depth in a wall. And I think it's something like 13 inches clear in order to achieve the pieces are phenomenal, and and um, but we started looking at James Terrell's too late in this particular. There's another there's another company that that we've been um, that's fascinating. It's called Based Upon. It's in England. I don't know if you know them. It's everything is based upon something from nature. That's the concept. And there are these two guys that were raised in Northern England. They are. Renaissance, incredibly smart, artistic guys, and um, for this one particular project where we where we bought the Chuck Close, what um, we've incorporated because it's up in the in the hills of Beverly Hills and they have height limitations, the um, the architecture was dug down, so there's an interior courtyard, and the client wanted to think about realization, self-realization, self, um, and so uh, knowing that we had to dig into rock, uh, we've incorporated this wall that is, was created by Based Upon, and it is a breathing rock wall. So it's like, a, there's, you know, there's a video element to it. But as you come down the stairs in this very contemporary space, you see this wall that is contemplative, and it's called "We Are Here," and it is an ode to the fact that this is a um, a structure that 
went into the ground and and out of rock has created this amazing piece of architecture. It's going to be an ama- it's going to be a really uh, unique home and uh, and has these special elements and including the chuck close. It's got to be incredibly rewarding as well to to conceptualize. It's it's great. It's you know that's there's there's I, I tell young designers, there's two phases of design that are just like beyond and, and just support you through all the hard work. The first is at the, at the front end when you are conceptualizing spaces and you are, you are creating and you are digging deep. And it's a wall. You, you, you know, it, it's not easy. You, um, I, I don't know anyone that doesn't face that wall it's like you know it's like writing that term paper when you were in high school or you know it you have to you've got to dig deep and if you care about creativity um you know and and pushing yourself and exploring new ideas you you have to dig deep so that part is it's incredible and when it and then of course the the final installation has always been an incredible phase for me where we have knock wood surpassed I'll knock on wood surpassed you know surpassed people's expectations for for delivering delivering timing budget and also creatively um, and in between that there's so many decisions people have no idea how many decisions are are involved it is Tremendous, you know, most of our projects last two, three years, so um, phenomenal amount of hard work in the middle. But those two, those two goalposts, those two bookends, are, um, you know, they're addictive. How many projects do we work on? Do you try to work on a, a year? We, um, well, knowing, knowing that many are multi-year projects. Yeah, we 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 have ten, twelve. 15 projects working all simultaneously we try to not um, we, we try not to overlap too much so that you have you know if you have a something coming towards an end because because even though we have a fairly substantial office um, it puts a lot of pressure on people and you know, our office is, it's, I'm, I'm so rewarded by the dedication of all the designers in our office. We've got, I mean, I have designers here that stay, and not because I want them to, but they stay until 10 o'clock at night. They, you know, they, they're here at 7 o'clock in the morning. I hope part of it is because they love what they're doing. I hope. And I um, am enormously grateful to their dedication. But um, and I stay late too. I'm, I put in twelve-hour days. All you know, better part of the week I put in twelve-hour days. But but I'm um, th- we 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 have projects uh, in varying fa- phases because we also support lots of local um, local people. We support mill workers. We support. Um, you know, upholsters, you know, all those people are, uh, and I feel very responsible for the for their welfare as well. One of the things we had talked about earlier is, and it's true, is you have, this is figuratively and literally family. Absolutely. This is, this is, a, this is a family firm. It's a family firm that I am trying to share very much 
um, with non-blood relatives. It is um, we are we are a team of people that, um, and I'm very fortunate. Many people stay a really long time with us, but. Uh, I, you're referring, I have one son works here, another son is an architect. One's an architect, and Dub, Dub and works Dub, here. And Dub works here, Dub's in, in the finance end of things. But, um, but there's, um, you know, through life, there are people that struggle with various things that hit them personally. Um, I have an incredible designer who has had, you know, well, two designers this year lost lost family members. Um, one extremely shockingly, and the other one, you know, lost her husband to cancer. And we support each other. We we, you know, I don't. Um, when when people have to have personal time, we try and be very generous and gracious about that and understand, uh, so that so that it feels it feels like home. It doesn't. It doesn't feel like a. You know, like you have to go ask permission for something that that you know we all should be tolerant of. And it and it's true. I mean, there's the other th the other thing. I mean, I just have to share this that I have one designer whose um, husband accepted a job in Seattle at Microsoft, and she came to me and I said, Oh my God, you know, Myra, are you willing to stay through the end of this project? I'll pay for your, I'll pay for whatever you need, whether it's to fly on weekends to be with your husband or, or you know, I'll take care of your, of your apartment. And she was, she really wanted to finish the project. And, and I'm, I'm just, I'm so touched that, that, that level of commitment was in her DNA to stay here with us and I'm, I'm, I'm going to try and figure out a way to work long distance with her as a continuum. The other thing that I just wanted to share is that we have, we have people from all over the world here. We've got Brazilians and Chinese and Taiwanese and Koreans and, and um, uh, Mexicans. And, and um, so that's really fun. It's, it's special. It's special. And and multiculturalism with within Absolutely. the firm keeps things very interesting as well. Absolutely. Well, speaking of interesting, this was fantastic. Oh, I'm, it's my pleasure. My pleasure. Thank Anytime. you. Thank you so much for the of time. Of course. Of course. Convo by Design is proud to be working with Vendome Furniture. Design culture. It's the key to their success. It's what pushes them to consistently create new collections that give spaces a new dimension. They create dialogue between environment and form. Vendome pieces can transform the simplest space into one filled with glamour that is both unique and extraordinary. And isn't that what design is all about? Creating atmospheres where you can take hold of life and enjoy it to the fullest? Vendome products are simple and elegant contemporary and exceptionally comfortable. Their crafted, modern, durable, molded resin, glass, and metal designs are unique and they beg to be enjoyed. They search the planet for the right designers that embody the Vendome spirit and work together to create remarkable pieces into an exclusively Vendome mode of expression. And if you haven't seen Vendome before, you can check them out in uh, some of 
the Convo by Design videos you'll find on our YouTube channel. But you can find them in their showrooms at the D&D Building in New York, Wynwood in Miami, and the Pacific Design Center here in L.A. Or online at vondom.com.